Good morning. Welcome to Mike Onesco's Renegade Rock here on the Rogue Radio Podcast Network, bringing all the great interviews and music to you every Saturday morning, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And our interview for this month is an artist we've been featuring on the show for the last couple months. I really dig his music. And let's get to know him. Mr. Fred Sampson, welcome to Renegade Rock. 
Uh, thank you, Mike. Fred, I'm really digging the Tracking Down the Wolf. Tell us a little about that song and where you did it and who's playing on it. And Okay. Um, Tracking Down the Wolf is the title song. Is that from a, a record? Or? Yes, of an album called Tracking Down the Wolf. Okay. Which is me reimagining a bunch of Howlin' Wolf songs. Hey, there you go. He's my favorite blues guy. Uh, I love him. I mean, you can't, no way you can sound like him, anybody. <laughs> Nobody. Because he's, he's a force of nature. He I mean, is. Uh, unbelievable and so unique. But I needed to recalibrate and get back to my roots. And I thought, I'm going to do an album of Howlin' Wolf songs. And, and there's a little... Uh a nod to that in your lyrics where you where you say you're hunting down the heart of the blues. Right, and I'm quoting Sam Phillips saying where Sam Phillips once said, "Howling wolf is where the soul of man never dies." Amen. And that rocked me to my knees. I said, "Whoa." He's my blue, got, he's my blues guy, man. I got to use that line in a song. So, and you did. I, it sounds great. And I did. And, you know, uh, Paul Rogers has an album out called Muddy Water Blues. Yeah, that's a good one. It's so good. And all the guests, one of my guitar idols. players. Oh, man, he's, he's amazing. So, I, I could listen to him sing the phone book. <laughs> Him and Tom Jones. And Davey Patterson also, yes. Oh, Davey. And in fact, there's a tie-in to Tracking Down the Wolf with Davey that oh, I'll tell you cool. about. Oh, cool, okay. Yeah, I'm such a fan of Davey's. He's, he's the man, he's, the master. He, he's the wee man. He's fantastic. So where'd you so, record Tracking Down the Wolf? Uh, here in my home studio. Oh, are you in Nevada now? I'm between... Reno and Tahoe, way back in the boonies, yeah. Hey, I, I lived in Tahoe for three years. That's where my daughter was born. We we used to play Reno all the time. I, I love the area. It's just great. Yeah, it, it's it's a good place to live. It's really a solid place and, you know, still striking distance. Of so when was, when was that track done? I did that track in like 2013, 14. So it's fairly uh, recent. Yeah, I so Paul Rogers' album was my prototype for this album. I said, that's a great idea. I'll write a title track song, name it after the album, because that's what Paul Rogers did. He did Muddy Water Blues, and he wrote a song called Muddy Water Blues. And then he did all his interpretations of all those great songs. So, um, so I wrote Tracking Down the Wolf, and that was a co-write with a friend of mine, Jeff Papinga, who helped me out with some of the verse lyrics. Uh, and the reason I wanted to do this album is a lot of people don't even know who Howlin' Wolf was. Well, yeah, right. And we have in this country the most fabulous legacy of these amazing artists. I mean, that's 
our gift to the world is this amazing music. Um, I agree. Blues and jazz and all of it. Yes, you know? everything. The, the Great I mean, American travel, Songbook. <laughs> you travel all over the world and you hear American music, period. And, of course, folk, local folk music, but it's everywhere. So I, I wanted to make an, you know, a bunch of Howlin' Wolf songs that, that weren't done just like Howlin' Wolf. I wanted to make them, update them, make them danceable even, and so that people who'd never heard of Howlin' Wolf could go, yeah, this is cool. I wanted a gateway into that legacy. So, um, Well, you did anyway, a good job. You're a talented songwriter. I, I really like your arrangements, everything. Oh, thanks, man. It, it was, uh, you know, in Open G, and I, you know, I kind of borrowed a lot from Honky Tonk Women and all those other great songs and three-piece horn section, just like the Memphis horns and, you know, all that stuff. Anyway, I had a backer who was going to uh, back me on doing that album. We were going to cut it at Lucasfilm Soundstage, and we were going to have Davy Pattison sing it. Very nice. And I was so excited, and I took the demos down for Davy to hear, and he said, yeah, man, I'll sing that. And then, you know, things happened as they do, and the my backer had to back out. Maybe that's why they call him a backer. Yeah, the backers have been known to back out. <laughs> and because he was having a problem with his business and money issues anyway, so I had to uh, not use Davy. So basically what you're hearing, those are my pre-production demos. Oh, I see. Well, they sound great. I mean, you're a good vocalist yourself. Well, that one was a challenge, but... It sounds very contemporary, almost borderline modern country, but not really. Oh wow! I mean, I mean, I maybe got a tinge of that, but it was still more modern blues. That's what I would call it, modern blues. Well, that's the thing about the blues; always got to keep evolving and keep adding, adding little elements. I mean. If I had to play in a blues band that played Chicago 12-bar blues, I'd, I'd shoot myself. <laughs> I mean, I, I did that as a young man and got it and, you know, heard it and saw it done. And there's so many people still doing that. It's just insane. <laughs> well, God bless them. I mean, yeah, if, I mean that's, if that's their thing, but... That's the cool thing about the blues. I mean, it's like world music. You add a little of this, a little of that, and it changes and evolves. And and that's all I was trying to do. I mean, I added Latin percussion. And I went uptown with a production instead of uh, Southside, you know. Right, right. Uh, I, had, I had female singers. I had Hammond, electric piano, uh, you know. You went all out. It sounds great. Yeah, thanks. No, I'm just blabbling on. So, who was your who inspired you to to start being a musician? Oh man, I you know I came up in the '60s, 
So we might and, be the same age. Yeah, I'm, I'm 71. Oh, you're a little, a couple years older than me. I'll be 69 in two weeks. Yeah, man. Well, happens to all of us. So we have the same shared experience of wonderful music and a glorious time where music yeah. was just wonderful. Yeah, and I grew up in South America. I was born in Argentina. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. My dad was State Department, so every, you know, three years. You were traveling. We moved, and, and we lived all over South America. I lived in, in Sao Paulo, Brazil. That must have been interesting. My sister is from Chile, and my brother's from Peru. Wow. And so we were all over. And I tell you, one thing about South America, there's music everywhere. Everywhere. <laughs> And there are the scariest guitar players you've ever seen, you know, just playing in a bar. Right, I mean, right. It's, it's, it'll scare you straight. I mean, those guys are amazing. Um, so um, we lived in Bogota, Colombia from 65 to 67, at least I did. And... Uh, we had a garage band and we got signed to a local label, did two albums, did national tours, did radio, TV, a ton of gigs, you know, had all that crazy garage band experience, you know, played big concerts and all that stuff. So that set the hook firmly as, you know, this is cool. I think this is what I want to do, you know. Right. So, and I was a big Stones fan, you know, Keith Richard was the man for me in those days. And all the other English guys, too, back, of course. So, so what was your first instrument? Guitar, drums, bass? Yeah, guitar. guitar. My brother was a drummer in that band. And we all, you know, it was always rehearsing at home and... So you have a musical family background? No. No. <laughs> Just you and your brother? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think it was a major disappointment to my folks, but, you know, that's how it goes, man. Yeah. You have kids, you take your chances. <laughs> so what was your first band that you ever played in? Well, that was called The Wallflower Complexion. And that was that 60s garage Sounds band. Sounds like a 60s name, very good. <laughs> yeah, I got it off an ad in some teen magazine, you know, don't <laughs> don't sit in a corner with your wallflower complexion. <laughs> you know, fear-driven advertising right, to teenage right. girls, right? So, yeah, I thought, well, that's, that's a good band name. How old were you when that happened? I'm uh, 14 and 15. That's very, that's pretty young. Very good. Very good. Yeah, I was a baby and, you know, we just made it up as we went along. We had, we have two albums out and it's on the web if you want to find it, but I don't. Oh, just send me the names. Yeah. I don't recommend it. <laughs> no, okay. <laughs> you know, we weren't very good, but we hey, had you gotta, we, None of us were, but you got to start somewhere, right? We we had our heart was in the right place. We That's had a right. lot of spirit, a lot of energy, and you know I'd come off stage 
the end of a show with like two strings left on my guitar and I go, what the heck happened? So what was your first guitar that you owned? <sighs> well, I had a K acoustic that I bought with top value K, stamps. wow, that's, that's really 60s, I love it. Yeah, it sucked. Um, it had the proverbial My high first action. acoustic was a K, so <laughs> I can remember. Yeah, well, mine was, an, this was an acoustic. And then I got braces, and I begged my folks to trade in my trumpet, which I was in the high, junior high band, right? And I was, I was reading first trumpet charts. And, wow. But then I got braces, and that was my excuse to get the hell out of that ringing <laughs> instrument. And I said, please, let's go please. trade this. Let's trade this trumpet in on on something I can deal with, you know, I want an electric guitar. So I in 65, I got a 65 Melody Maker, a single pickup. Wow. And a Gibson Skylark. How much did you pay for that back then? Retail. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, uh, probably 150 yeah, bucks probably or something. probably nothing. Yeah, it was like crazy. Which was but, a lot you know, back then. Oh, it was serious. Um but God bless them, they, that, that was a good little starter. The Skylark is like a 10-watt amp. Oh, yeah. Tremolo. But, man, it had the tone, and we used it on our first album, you know. <laughs> so, um, yeah, those those beginner Gibson guitars in them days, Brazilian Rosewood fretboards, I mean, come on. They were great. That was a really solid guitar. I was dumbass and let it go for a Vox guitar. Yeah, we've all done that stuff. <laughs> which was POS. And, um, you know, onward and upward. While you're listening to Mike Onesco's Renegade Rock, we're talking to great artist Fred Sampson. We're going to take a little break and play another tune from Fred, and we'll be right back.
Welcome back to Renegade Rock. We're back with Fred Sampson. Fred, I'm digging your tunes. Keep talking about your uh, early days. The audience wants to hear about it. <laughs> well, you know, then, then I came back to the States and saw what the real world was like. What was your per first professional gig where you actually made a lot of money and did pretty good? Well... I mean, the, was that in Brazil? In in Bogota, uh, the garage band we we were playing every weekend. Wow! At fourteen? Yeah, fourteen and fifteen, and I was. We were in bars and clubs. There's no drinking age down there. Yeah, right. And I, yeah, I, I, I didn't get an allowance. Well, what a great experience for you as a young young man. I would. I would be coming home at six in the morning and see my meet my dad going to work, <laughs> and I was working. I was making money, so I always wanted to be a pro. I we shared bills with Colombian dance bands, and I remember the realization that I saw these guys in cumbia bands. They were probably in their 30s and 40s, 50s, and they were professional musicians. They were right. gigging for a living, and that was a that was a job that my parents hadn't put forward. They were saying, "Well, you should be this, that, and you know, go to college, this, that." And I thought, these guys are professional musicians. They're making a living. And really, that's that's all I ever really wanted to do was just play. I've always respected that, even though I could never do that. <laughs> oh, sure you can, man. Listen to you. No, I, I would rather do. That's why uh, we'll talk about it when the when the tape's not rolling. But I'll tell you about it. <laughs> yeah, no worries. Anyway, it it brought me through playing in a bunch of different situations over the years. And I turned you played, into a pro. Yeah, a journeyman, as they say. I mean, I've played every style imaginable and tried to be legit. You know, I mean, I was in, you know, traditional country bands. I was in reggae bands. I've been in, you know, punk and rock and blues and all of it. it You've led a full jazz. life. Well, I I always I just wanted to play, and it, you know if there was a buck to be made, so be it. Sure, yeah, I'll I'll do that. Sure, no problem. So it's it's been kind of interesting for a self-taught guy to go through all that stuff. And I did instead of college, I went to audio engineering school and learned learned the basics. Um, in an analog world, of course, you know, learned how to record and mix and master, and which is very really important, man. <laughs> I mean, it's really helped me in life um, as a musician to know all that stuff, yes, all it, the EQ frequencies, and yeah, it's helpful. It is very helpful. So, so Fred. 
uh, what what are you up to these days? Are you still recording and uh, putting yeah. out music? Oh yeah, I'm um, I'm working on tracks all the time, and I'm doing tracks for other people. I've been producing tracks for other people. I've mastered a bunch of albums for people. Um, In the Bay know, Area, just, California, or just wherever? Well, now that there's this internet thing. Yeah, isn't it amazing? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you want it's some It's killed tracks? the music business, but it's sure easy to record. <laughs> I don't know if it killed the music business. The music biz was coughing up blood before the internet, but um, yeah. Oh, you want some tracks? Sure, send you a guitar track over the web and send me your track, and I'll play some stuff. And well, let's it's put it really this way: fantastic. it's killed the music industry as we knew it. <laughs> yeah. That, that's, yeah, that's a more update answer there. <laughs> Don't get me started on the music biz. Yeah, me too. So it's pretty pretty interesting. <clears throat> Go ahead. So uh, tell everybody about your website and what you got going, because we only got a few more minutes here. Right on. Well, the website is fredsampsonmusic.com. dot com. And uh, you, are you on Spotify? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You're pretty much everywhere then. I am worldwide, and you know, just like all the distribution channels so real quick like before we do our last words I, I wanted to ask you this earlier what is your songwriting process are you the music guy first and then the lyrics and melody or do you come up with a melody and lyrics and then you try to write music to it <coughs> yes to both yes to all of that right <laughs> all the above okay very cool anything that gets you across the finish line I've I've done it every way imaginable and it's pretty miraculous when it happens i did i i don't know if you read my bio or not but i did write a song with tom Scholz of boston wow very nice it's there was a multi-platinum seller uh called i need your love so you actually it, made some money in the music business it's mailbox money there you go that's the best money there is yeah, you, you're in your jammies and you go out to your mailbox. And you got and money. <laughs> what do we got today? So it's on the um, Boston album. It's the single from an album called Walk On. Wow. I have to research all this, and I'm thanks for telling me all this. It's great. What a connection. I saw Boston on their first tour. Oh, man, what a band. And they, they came out. And they, they ran out of songs, and they, their people, we were still young for an encore, and they came out and they go, well, we don't have any more songs, so we're going to do more than a feeling over again for you. <laughs> and no one complained. No one complained. They did it twice. I, I've never seen that ever at a concert, ever. It was like, how That's did you funny. meet Tom Scholes? Oh, interesting story. I uh, was in a band with a guy named Gary Peel in this Right, 70s. he played with uh, Sammy Hagar for a while, right? That's, that's right. Well, right before he got with Sammy, he was in a band with me. Wow. And up in Petaluma there. And we've been friends ever since. I mean, he's just the best guy. 
And in fact, I was just talking to him yesterday and he eventually got the gig with Boston after he left Sammy uh, and in early 80s. And you know, Tom, besides being an amazing songwriter and producer, guitar player, He's an electronic player. genius, too. He's a... Yeah, well, speaking of electronics, uh, he had a company called Scholl's Research and Development. I bought the Rockman. I... <laughs> which was where the Rockman came from and the Power Soak and right. all the modules and stuff. Anyway, they needed a guy with retail, music retail experience to be in their uh, sales and marketing department, and Gary put my name forward about 1980, uh, 85. Um, so I joined up with Scholl's Research and became a, a VP of marketing. Wow. For them, traveled the world doing sales training, and I did all their advertising. What a cool gig that was. It was amazing. I mean, to be connected with a product like that and the people people like that and traveled all over the world, did all the trade shows. Yeah, it was a really great experience. And so it, it during that time, I wrote a song and uh, I shared it with Gary who said, hey, I could use a song for this project I'm doing. So he re-recorded it with Charlie Farron singing. I don't know if you know who Charlie Farron is. but Yes, I do. He was in a band called Fahrenheit, and before that, I think he was with Joe Perry Project. Yes. What a great singer and really nice guy. Well, that's great. Fred, we're running out of time. I just want to give one last... Words of wisdom from you for any up-and-coming artist or producer who wants to be in the music business. What do you have to say to them? Never sell your publishing. <laughs> That's the best <laughs> advice, baby. <laughs> Follow the money. Follow the money. There you go. Don't sign a four-record deal. Or don't sign anything without a lawyer looking yeah. at it. Please, please don't well, sign anything. Well, f Fred, thanks for coming on. I wish we had more time, but it's only a forty-five minute show. So, uh, love, love you, love your music. Thanks for calling in, and uh, it's great hearing your story. And we'll be continuing to support your music here on Renegade Rock. And please, by all means, send me any new material you got coming your way. Always, my friend. Thank you, Fred. <laughs>
I'm gonna cry.